This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. This week, many have been remembering the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001, 20 years ago. As I've reflected on that day, where I was, and what helped me then and since, I find myself devoted increasingly in new and complicated ways to the cross of Jesus Christ, a traditional image that's at the center of our faith. The cross is, for me, the only symbol that can so fully express the the depravity, the evil, the violence of humanity, while at the same time expressing the power of God's love to redeem and resurrect In just a couple of days, on September 14th, the Church commemorates a day known as Holy Cross Day. And the themes of that day typically include the triumph of the cross, the victory of the cross, the exaltation of the cross. Those are big and lofty ideals. But today's scripture readings that we heard in church can sound a little different. Today's scriptures help us reflect a little on the cross of Christ, as we see that it's a cross not so much of of power in the way we often recognize power, but in power through humility. Jesus says, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. As I've meditated with the scriptures this week, it seems like the practice of taking up our cross involves humility, but it plays out in it at least three ways. One is that humility of the cross allows for learning, it allows for loving, and it allows us to follow God's lead. We heard about learning in our first reading today from Isaiah. Isaiah says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher, that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. In other words, God has already brought Isaiah to a place of humility, of realizing that Isaiah doesn't know everything, certainly not everything there is to know about God or God's ways. And so Isaiah is open to God's teaching. And because of that, God gives Isaiah the tongue of those who were taught, which is to say a tongue that thinks before it speaks, a tongue that wonders where God is and this or that a tongue that tries to be slow in its criticism of others and quick in its encouragement. At Holy Trinity today, we didn't read from our second scripture lesson, the epistle appointed for the day, the letter of James. Uh, But if we had, we would have heard James talking about how a part of humility in Christ means loving, and that loving can sometimes be as mundane and everyday as what we do with our tongue. James writes, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great exploits, How great a forest is set ablaze by a small fire. In other words, what we say and how we speak are part of taking up our cross. This might lead us to speak up for people who who maybe don't have a voice. It might lead us to speak to people who we would normally ignore. It might mean for us to speak up for ourselves in a new way that we never might have imagined. 
Taking up our cross involves loving, but it's not just an intimate, sweet, warm feeling of being close to God. It's also a fire in the belly, an uneasiness in the heart, a refusal to call a situation peaceful until justice is a part of it, until the neighbor is fed and housed and cared for. Taking up our cross daily is about learning, as Isaiah reminds us. It's about loving, especially with how we use our tongue and how we speak of one another, as James reminds us. But finally, as we see in today's gospel, taking up our cross through humility is also about our following God's lead, not our following our own all the time. Every once in a while, we might think we're taking up a cross of sorts, and we, we hold on to it and we say to ourselves and perhaps even others, this is my cross, stay back, I've got it, I'll carry it in just such a way. But the gospel reminds us that that's no way to carry a cross. Carrying the cross of Christ is, is a shared way, a shared way of humility. As we see in today's gospel, Peter is trying to sort of carry the cross himself. He doesn't like Jesus's plan. He doesn't like what Jesus is hinting at in terms of Jesus's own dying on the cross. Instead, Peter wants to do something else, something more active, something more proactive, where he can feel like he's in charge. That's why Jesus speaks to him so sharply and says that his words and his, the way he's talking are, are ways of the devil and not the ways of God. Among all the various crosses that we might think about today uh, to illustrate our faith, I'm thinking especially of the cross that appeared among the rubble soon after the terrorist attacks at the World Trade Center. You've probably seen that cross or pictures of it. It's a cross section of steel that, that began to look like a cross. It's now at the 9-11 Museum in downtown Manhattan. The day it was noticed, and for a few days afterwards, it worked as a symbol of hope, a symbol to unite people with one another and to offer assurance that things would get better. Well, of course, it didn't take long for that cross, as others, to be thought of as a sort of weapon to be used over and against others. But it, at least at the beginning, that 9-11 cross represented something of what Jesus is talking about when he invites us to take up our cross and follow in the way of humility. It's a sharing of one another's pain, of one another's joys, of, of one another's humanity. I mentioned Holy Cross Day earlier, and on that day of September 14th, there's an ancient song the church sings, We venerate your cross, O Lord, it sings, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection, for by virtue of the cross, joy has come into the whole world. That may sound strange at first. By virtue of the cross, joy comes into the world? Well, that's again getting back to that powerful, powerful image of the cross, that it can at the same time remind us of the, the depth of human evil and violence and meanness, but also that the depth of God's love goes even further, that there is a quiet, steady joy that comes through humility, the humility of God and the humility of us all. And so by moving with the humility of Christ's cross, by learning, loving, and letting God take the lead, joy continues to come to us and to the whole world.
Let us pray. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. At Holy Trinity's 11 o'clock a.m. celebration of the Holy Eucharist on September 12th, soloist Abigail Rayford sang the anthem, Lord Jesus Christ. It's a setting of a prayer by Soren Kierkegaard and set to music by Samuel Barber. The words sing, Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered all life long that I too might be saved and whose suffering still knows no end, this too wilt thou endure.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.